One of the few unexpected benefits of the COVID-19 pandemic has been the acceleration of digital initiatives, and not just the customer-facing elements of it, but the modernization of internal systems and processes. If prior to 2020, there was a dilly-dallying to what extent enterprises will shift part of its IT needs into the cloud, the mass exodus to remote working or work from anywhere has forced enterprises to accelerate cloud adoption. So what we have here is a proliferation of what they call hybrid clouds, combination of on-prem, private clouds, and public clouds. Contrary to marketing hype, managing an enterprise in a hybrid cloud environment is not as easy as it seems. Most public clouds are built on proprietary systems. CIOs and IT teams still have responsibility for managing all of this infrastructure that they use, whether it's on-prem, in the cloud, and everything in between. Now, it's this managing of hybrid setup that is our topic for this episode of Podchats for Future CIO. And joining us today is Gajun Ganendran, Chief Technology Officer and Technical Leader for IBM Public Cloud for Asia-Pacific. Gaj, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me. Define for us what hybrid IT management is. So I think at the start of your, your session, you, you kind of gave a good overview of the challenges faced within customers adopting multiple clouds. The reality is that, you know, most organizations are deploying workloads on different environments. The word hybrid really is about kind of combining different capabilities or different services from different deployment topologies, whether it's public cloud, on-prem, private cloud deployments. Hybrid IT management is how as an organization or an IT organization, I can manage these disparate systems in a unified way in a consistent way uh, you know achieving risk mitigation and operational efficiencies at scale and that's that's how I view hybrid IT management in such an environment then what remains the biggest challenge for infrastructure administrators managers and and even CIOs I think the biggest challenge, because of the proliferation of cloud providers, different services, different deployment topologies, whether it's on-prem, now we talk about edge computing, etc. Being able to understand what services I'm consuming, where those services are being consumed, how I'm managing the life cycle of those services, those interdependencies of the services, billing and operations and management of those services becomes absolutely critical. And, and I would say all of these are challenges that customers have to grapple with in this new world where they have to deal with these disparate systems in the enterprise uh, across different deployment topologies. So let's say my CIO or CTO has said, yes, we will go for this hybrid IT environment. If I want to redesign or re-architect my IT infrastructure, because as we say, we've got some legacy systems that are still on-prem and we want to move to a hybrid type of architecture, what are must considerations for this redesign? I always recommend to CIOs, executives primarily, don't rush in and go full hog or full stream in terms of an app modernization strategy to take advantage of all of the wonderful things that cloud provides. Take into consideration your current operational processes, your current team's structure, how they're trained, what are the operational processes that they're used to, what are the tools that they're used to, and take a very phased approach. Now, I would say different things to different customers depending on the journey that they're on in terms of cloud adoption. But for a customer who, for instance, is first starting their journey in public cloud adoption or looking at other deployment options and different services on different hyperscalers, what I would say to them is, firstly, look at your existing system and look at what I call workload symmetry. Which workloads could we prioritize that can be run on those public clouds that allow you to still manage a level of control and consistency with your on-premise environment? And a great example of that is, you know, most organizations on-premise today are 
virtualized. They're running VMware or Hyper-V or some form of virtualization technology. So looking at a virtualization technology in the public cloud, having something like a VMware-based technology in the public cloud allow you to apply the same set of tools that you currently use in terms of managing your on-prem environment to also manage the public cloud environment and migrate those workloads and still take advantage of cloud economics, the benefits of scaling, the benefits of deprovisioning. But that's not the end goal. The end goal should be, how do I take my legacy applications, my monoliths, make that into more of a cloud-native architecture or microservices-led architecture? But by taking a very phased approach, you can start to think about, okay, what is my application landscape look like today? What, what is the platform, target platform that I want to deploy to? And there are a lot of decision um, uh, decisions that you need to make as, a, as an executive. Number one, does my application need to be, you know, what's the timescale of that application that I need to manage and I need to re-architect? From a developer perspective or from an operational perspective, there's a lot of skills out there in the market to support that. So all of these things you factor in and then you can kind of make a, a projection and say, okay, look, based on the skill sets, based on the technology, based on where the industry is going, deploying this on a, a particular uh, a developer stack, full frame developer stack on a containerization framework running on Kubernetes, for instance, may be the right approach that I take that gives me the longevity in that and that target state um, and, and portability of applications. So there's a lot of things that you need to think about. It's not just about the application, but also my team, operations, security considerations. There's a whole factor. But the root thing that I would always say is start slow, look at your existing operational processes, where you are in your cloud journey, and start to leverage what you've currently got on-prem and see what cloud providers can offer something that closely mirrors what I'm doing on-prem so that I can immediately take advantage of cloud and then add that view to building out a long-term cloud strategy. Let's say, okay, fine, we've planned this properly. We've done this phased approach of migrating or having this hybrid setup. After you've seen everything set up, is there a better way or a more efficient way of managing such a setup as uh, this hybrid environment uh, beyond the, the elements that you've mentioned? Yeah, look, there's no silver bullet in terms of a magic product or a solution that can manage all clouds and all environments beautifully and harmoniously. If a vendor does tell you such a product exists, be aware that there'll be a lot of integration effort needed to tie into all the various technologies and underlying platforms there are. Because just to give you an example, you know, IBM, for instance, has a multi-cloud management platform that we sell for managing, you know, our hybrid cloud environments. Other vendors also offer uh, hybrid cloud technologies as well or platforms that allow you to manage billing operations, you know, day two operations, provisioning processes, all of that using hybrid cloud front end systems that integrate. But there will be work effort involved in linking up with these different systems, ensuring that correct access is provided, correct workflows are defined, and all of that integration hooks into this overarching multi-cloud management framework. So the utopia and the vision is there, but the reality is that there is still a long way to go to get there. Now, what can you do to help in that cloud adoption and help with managing disparate systems. The approach and strategy that you know we've been talking about and what we're driving is really around you know effectively platform abstraction. So for us, and one of the reasons why we bought Red Hat and we made that massive investment of Red Hat is, you know, if you look at the Red Hat ethos around OpenShift, for instance, what it does is it gives you a consistent platform and it happens to be a Kubernetes-based platform with a lot of developer tooling, a lot of developer experiences that can be deployed on multiple technologies. So irrespective of whether you're a customer using AWS today or Azure or Google or IBM or an HP server environment on-premise, 
you can deploy this abstracted containerization framework and then use that as the basis for developing your future applications in a very consistent way, irrespective of which platform you're using under, under the covers. And that's the strategy and approach that we believe is where the industry is heading. And of course, you know, there is a lot of benefits in doing that uh, at the level with that abstraction. So what we're seeing from an industry perspective is customers looking at technologies like Kubernetes, technologies with a little bit of an opinionated framework, OpenShift, for instance, you've got VMware Tensor, for instance, so you've got all of these platforms, but effectively that abstraction layer gives you that flexibility and that freedom and that consistency to start to, to have consistent DevOps, consistent development experiences, consistent set of tooling, irrespective of each cloud provider. And that's kind of where I think the industry will head to. One of the yeah. things I've spoken to as far as CIOs are concerned is the issue around skills. And I've spoken to CHROs in this thing as well. What skills will IT need for an effective or an efficient management of this infrastructure that we're talking about? So a couple of things. So from a technology perspective here, so the major challenge that I see most of the time in dealing with hybrid cloud environments is really around networking. It always comes back to the plumbing, unfortunately. So the networking dependencies, each provider has a particular way of abstracting and providing network-based services on their cloud or on-premise. So finding a really, really good skilled resource who understands the plumbing, who understands the networking, because all of the application dependencies are fundamentally based on that core set of network infrastructure. So having good cloud network engineers who understand how networking works, how hybrid networking works, these become absolutely critical skills, you know, moving forward. On top of that as well, people who understand consistent operations process in terms of managing things like, you know, we're starting to see developers and the whole, you know, operations processes kind of getting very intertwined. So having consistent automation best practices so you can leverage the same set of automation best practices on-premise and in the public cloud. So people who have skills in automation, technologies that are widely adopted, for instance, Terraform or Ansible, you know, these kind of skill sets are very crucial in the, in the world of hybrid cloud because you, at the scales that we're talking about, we need a lot of automation to get the benefits as well. We want to do more work with less people, uh, you know, ultimately with this kind of workload proliferation. I would really say that those would be the two types of core IT skills that I think are absolutely crucial in this hybrid model. And of course, once we start moving up the stack into the application development stack, having people who, who understand DevOps processes that are consistent and can leverage things like consistent DevOps tooling and understand the tooling across different technologies, I think that also becomes critical as well. But right at the technology level, I would say networking, I would say the automation process, and then of course, security as well is absolutely going to be critical moving forward. Given that some of these applications and data will remain on and be accessible, and we were talking about just a while ago about edge computing as well, how can IT managers facilitate the seamless management of such a complex environment you've just mentioned without straining the limited available staffing resources that they have? Is that even possible? Obviously, with the current market where things are going, with people needing to do more with less resources, I think it is possible. But again, there is no silver bullet technology that will solve everyone's problems. I think moving towards more of a containerization framework, moving towards more of a edge computing, of course, is fundamentally based on the premise that you're having lighter, more nimble appliances and, and you're dealing with large volumes of data. Obviously, you need that consistent experience from dealing with a few systems here to 
thousands of edge devices. So again, coming back to from a technology point of view, kind of where we're heading with and where we see the industry going is having that consistent set of framework and containerization gives you that capability to deploy workloads at the edge and using consistent open source Kubernetes or container based orchestration technologies, we can start to manage a lot of these platforms, even if it's an edge computing environment. So again, same concept that I talked about earlier about that abstracted layer using something like an OpenShift, but then pushing that capability to the edge is where we think the industry should go because it greatly simplifies some of that operational headache. So having that abstracted layer, irrespective of target platform, is where we think the industry should go. And, and I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that because that's, I think, the only way we can simplify some of that operational burden by providing that abstraction because each provider will have their own flavor, their own set of services, their own set of management complexities. So if we don't have a way to abstract, it's going to be very difficult to do that. Or you've got to go and invest, as I mentioned, into a front-end, a multi-cloud management tool. And then, of course, there is some integration complexity that you need to take into consideration. What is that one advice you would offer to CIOs in terms of future-proofing the management of this hybrid environment that we're headed towards to? So first thing is really around make sure as an organization you have a cloud competency center. So you need to have internally as an organization, you need to figure out exactly, build a cloud roadmap. Now, you know, I've dealt with a lot of customers here that are, they love the value proposition of public cloud. They love where public cloud can take them, but they haven't really thought about my existing team and what that team needs to be and the skill sets that need to be and also the roadmap of application prioritization. Not all workloads is suitable for public cloud. So you need to build a roadmap for that as well. So it starts first with having a center of excellence or a competency team that you build in first. And then once you've built that core team, you can start to prioritize things like, do things like application prioritization, which workloads are suitable for public cloud, which workloads should I run on-premise, which are you know some of the core systems, systems of record, for instance, need to still sit with my mainframe or, or sit on-premise. You know, they're not necessarily ready for public cloud adoption on day one. We're seeing changes in that, by the way, but it, it's a slow move. And then once you start to do that, prioritize those workloads, you can start to say, okay, these sets of applications, we can do a very straight lift and shift. These sets of applications, we need to look at something like a containerization strategy or a cloud native deployment strategy where we can take advantage of what the native cloud provider offers or what the containerization orchestration technology offers. So there's a bit of triaging that needs to take place from the CIO before we just go in and say, look, let's do that. And then of course, the most important thing is really around day two operations. So one once I've moved to that target state, do I have a consistent operational tooling to manage as much of the real estate as possible in a consistent way? So the developers who build my application on-prem, can I take that application and, and deploy that on the public cloud if required? Does the target state on the public cloud have the same on-premise environment? The same experience, if my developers build applications in the public cloud, can I bring those application workloads and the same developer experience on-premise? These are all the things that you need to start to consider and having a consistent abstracted layer and having a set of tools that are consistent across both on-prem and public cloud, I think is where the industry will head. Interestingly enough, I've spoken to a few banks, you know, a few years ago, you know, they were very focused on going down a specific hyperscaler strategy. So saying, okay, I want to go with this guy, this vendor, I'm going all in. And it's funny to see, you know, with all of the political turmoil that's happened in the last three to four years, you know, nations becoming more populist and, and organizations kind of becoming a little bit more introverted in terms of their outlook, right? It's all about nationalism now. So 
you know, there's this, there's this fear with a lot of the banks that are MNCs or banks that are leveraging other technologies that are not necessarily within country and owned by other governments or other nations. You know, the fear is, you know, what if tomorrow there's an embargo or someone puts an embargo and say, look, this country, or the, you know, we're going to stop providing these sets of services to you. And as a result, you've got all of your critical workloads sitting on a hyperscape or owned, sitting in another country, you know, that's registered in another country. And that country basically says, we're going to stop this. So we've started to see companies now accelerating, especially banks from a risk mitigation perspective, start to adopt multiple cloud platforms and also start to build portability of workloads, leveraging open source tools as much as possible so that they're not dependent on one particular cloud platform technology. And that shift has been quite dramatic in the last three years. At least that's what I've seen. So for instance, um, a great example, you know, I love IBM Cloud. I love AWS. I love Azure and Google. They all offer different technology uh, benefits. I saw a customer building, I think almost, they had almost 400 or 500 scripts built using a scripting language that AWS has created called AWS Cloud Formation Templates. So these are specific automation scripts that work for AWS, cannot be ported to anywhere else. It has to run on AWS. Now imagine the same customer trying to manage this hybrid cloud environment and they've got all of their deployment scripts only working on AWS. They've got to rewrite those scripts. They've got to redevelop those automation uh, scripts. And coming back to my point, if a customer started to take a step back and say, look, my long-term vision is I want to reduce risk. I'm concerned about putting all my eggs in one basket. They need to start looking at what technologies can be used across all of these hyperscalers. So technologies like Terraform, technologies like Ansible, uh, automation technology. So these give you that kind of flexibility. It's a long answer, but hopefully, hopefully that gave you a perspective. In all of this that you, we've discussed, in 30 seconds, what does IBM have to offer that would allow for organizations to really benefit from hybrid cloud, future-proof whatever roadmap that they've set for this thing? IBM answer falls into two kind of, we're a big believer in containerization. So I think the future is going to be on containerization. We're a big believer in open source technology. So everything that can be leveraged on-prem, public cloud has to be leveraging the same set of consistent tooling. And, you know, the best place to get a lot of these consistent set of tooling is the community, which we contribute to and we get from as well. So Red Hat and using technologies like OpenShift that gives you that abstraction layer, I think is going to be absolutely crucial for the future as well, for giving that customers that ability to use open source technologies, open source tooling, but in that consistent experience. Faj, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. That was Gaj Ganendran, CTO and Technical Leader, IBM Public Cloud Asia Pacific, on the topic of how to secure and manage hybrid cloud environments. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our weekly free newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now. Music